Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, uh, we're, we're halfway, essentially. Damn this 17-game schedule. I hated it. 16 was nice. 8 was a nice uh, middle of the year, but we're we're kind of middle-ish, I guess. Eight weeks down, uh, halfway through the NFL season. Fantasy season is, what, three quarters of the way? This shit's flying by. Walk, how are you and where you want to get started? Yeah, I mean, it's this this build up to the letdown year after year, right? It's like we we get so excited and then you blink and you know we're halfway done the fantasy football season. It's I mean regular it's, it's, football. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy's been halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, through the through the postseason, I guess I would say for fantasy, right? Because we go through 17 weeks now. So week eight was a sure technical midpoint of the fantasy football ish season, but Hey, you're right now at week nine, we are at the official midpoint of the actual NFL season. So it's, you know, it's, it's going to be gone before we know it. And then we'll be talking about postseason fantasy football. Yeah. You know, just to keep injecting that into our veins as long as possible. And then we'll go into the dark, cold, dark off season of the 2024 NFL draft. You know, before we, we emerge again, wow. victorious. Well, we are yeah. already, <laughs> we are, we, that's our first, uh, Spoiler preview of the off season. It, it seems like we just ended talking about all that stuff. Yeah, it's the yeah. first time I mean, I've it, heard it. Oh boy, it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, we are on to week nine. Week nine of the 49ers, Broncos, Jaguars, and Lions bye week. So there's a lot of fantasy. Going to some serious running back power. It's going to be out of football lineups in week nine. But I'm excited to talk some one key stats here. Some snaps that um snaps and trends coming your way, and then. Obviously, diving into our breakouts, bus, and buy segments. So, I will dive right into the one key stats going back Thursday again, where those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now three and four, lost in Buffalo to the five and three. Josh Allen led Buffalo Bills 24 to 18. I just wrote that Buffalo looks much better running 11 personnel using Khalil Shakir, a guy both of us liked in last year's draft, instead of an extra tight end in, in Dawson Knox. Josh Allen completed 78% of his passes last week and was QB2 overall. It's just better for their offense to spread things out. Now to bring in your boy, Lombardi Lenny, to uh, fill the void of, I guess, Damian Harris and you know Latavius Murray's kind of finally getting old this year and hasn't been productive the last couple of weeks. So when he's going to get some touches, he's probably going to eat into a little bit of James Cook's passing workload, which isn't that much to begin with. So better for the bills, but you know, probably worse for, for James Cook when it's all said and done. Right. Um, it's going to come down to the usage of course, but it, it's the thing is Not good, if you right? bring, if you're bringing Fournette in now, I, I think Cook may be safe for fantasy football. Um, I think when the playoffs roll around, I think he – I wouldn't touch him in, in a – you know, you already mentioned fantasy – playoff fantasy leagues. <laughs> I'm not interested at all. Give me Fournette in that format when it's freezing cold and miserable and I can get Fournette trucking people in the snow. Um, yeah. But but it could it could just be the timeshare and, and the split that it's been with Murray this – up till now 
And Fournette might just be coming in and replacing Murray and Cook. I think it's been like a 70-30 split. It might just stay that way. But Fournette, you know, we've seen him do enough where it wouldn't be shocking to see him eat into that, maybe go 60-40 a little bit down the stretch. But I, I think Cook is safe, but I think it hits his ceiling a bit. Yeah, yeah, it definitely caps the ceiling. It's going to really hurt him in the postseason. But listen, just last year, Leonard Fournette caught 73 balls for 523 yards and three touchdowns. Granted, it was from Tom Brady, but still, he brings a pass-catching profile as well. Um, so he's going to he's gonna touch James Cook on both sides. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Not going to be pretty. All right, moving on to my Eagles, my 7-1 and one, Philadelphia Eagles. Went down to this nation's capital to defeat the now three and five Washington Commanders, thirty-eight, thirty-one. Eagles games against Commanders are just painful. I mean, it's just they the Commanders are far too successful in what, in what they do. Um, they handed us our first loss last year. There've been two competitive games this year. In those two games, Sam Howell has completed seventy-three percent of his passes for 687 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Granted, the commanders are 0-2 in those games, but this is fantasy football, and that is some Sam Howell production right there. In those same two games, Jalen Hurts has completed 72% of his passes for 638 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, just passing. So it has been an aerial assault when these two teams get together this year. But nonetheless, my Eagles pulled out, go to 7-1. and one. Down to a disgustingly low-scoring game between two rookie quarterbacks where the <laughs> Bryce Young hosts C.J. Shroud and the Te- Houston Texans, and the Panthers get their first win of the year in a 15-13 to dogfight where Damian Pierce lost out on two one-yard touchdowns yesterday Oh God! by Andrew Beck and C.J. Shroud. And on the running back on the other side, Chuba Hubbard handled 75% of the running back carries coming off of the bye. <clears throat> I know that Miles Sanders has been nicked up, but it seems as though Chuba Hubbard is now the starting running back in Carolina. Yep. He's earned it. I mean, he's outplayed him when he when they've been on the field. It's not saying much because he hasn't been good either. The Panthers can't run the ball to save their Dude. lives, but you are correct. Chuba has been better than Miles Sanders thus far. The Los Angeles Rams head down to the star to face and lose handily to the Dallas Murdered. Cowboys. 43-20. to all right, so Dallas, another huge point total. And yet, Tony Pollard is averaging 3.92 yards rushing on the season with a long rush of 31 yards and only two rushing touchdowns on the year. None of this has been due to Tony Pollard. Blame Mike McCarthy, but is what it is. And also in these last two weeks, Cooper Cup has turned 17 targets into six catches and 50 scoreless yards. It has been ugly for two fantasy football stallions the last couple of years. I mean, it's just uh, speechless. <laughs> it's who knows. When in doubt, blame, blame Mike McCarthy, even in yes. game 43, 20, they can, you know, get Tony Pollard, right? All right. On to a, a sad, sad game. Those Minnesota Vikings. Went to Lambeau Field and defeated the Packers 24 to 10. Vikings on a three game winning streak to get back to 504 and four. Kirk Cousins was turning the ship around right until that Achilles Reaper came calling. Cousins was quarterback 11, I wrote. Of course he was. And that was without 
Justin Jefferson the last three weeks. He was been he's been playing amazing football, feeding it around to Addison Hawkinson and uh, KJ Osborne. It's unfortunate. You, now the then you done. Yeah, you wonder how good they would have been <laughs> when Jefferson comes back and now he's built some chemistry with Addison. I mean, it would have been a hell of a one-two punch to watch the remainder of the season. But yeah. we don't get to have nice things. And probably never again, right? And this is unfortunate. Cousin's going to be yeah. a free agent after the season, and he's going to be rehabbing, you know, an Achilles injury as he's trying to look for a, a job, whether it's returning to Minnesota or elsewhere. It's, it sucks all around. Um, but if this Rogers recovery is anything, it looks like we've made monumental leaps in Achilles surgery repair, um, where Rogers already off crutches, you know, throwing passes pregame. Um, doesn't look like he ever had surgery, but you know, we will see. Best best wishes to uh, Kirk Cousins in a speedy recovery. From that game to a pretty high scoring affair, when the New Orleans Saints headed to Indianapolis to defeat the Colts 38 27 to go to four and four on the season. Taysom Hill is the PPR tight end three over the last three weeks. <laughs> and he has totaled 12 receptions for 113 scoreless yards as a pass catcher during that time. It's nuts. Jonathan Taylor looks like picked up an injury as well. Zach Moss, of course, scores a touchdown in the game, but it's crazy. Taysom Hill is a must start tight end just because of his involvement as a passer, runner, and receiver. And uh, it's uh, Saints offense. So gross. It's disgusting. But I but, get it. I mean, look, yeah. It's true. It's true. All right. From from there to an AFC East division matchup where the New England Patriots headed down to South Beach to get drummed by the Miami Dolphins, 31-17. to 17. This Dolphins run game has showed some cracks over the last two weeks. They had 12 for 45 scoreless yards rushing against my Philadelphia Eagles, and then they had 26 for 78 yards, three yards per rush, and one touchdown against New England Patriots. Their run game has not looked that uh, impressive the last couple weeks, but Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both going over 100 and a tutty for the first time on the year is a uh, cures all else. The Dolphins have I mean, yeah, multiple They're fortunate that they have depth at both positions, right? So if, if the running game takes a little bit of a step back, they, they can even eat an injury at wide receiver and, and kind of be okay for, for a game. I wouldn't trust it over, you know, long stretch of the season. But but similarly, if, if something goes wrong with the passing game, especially with Wilson coming back, who didn't get a ton of work still, but, you know, A-Chain should be back in a couple weeks and they'll kind of be back where they were. They've got they've got the playmakers in the passing and receiving game that they can – an opposing defense can shut down one side of it, and it seems like they'll be fine as long as they pivot their game plan. And they've seemed to have been, seemed to have been more than capable of that so far. Yeah, yeah. They've been, uh, they've been by and large doing their – Doing their job. They had a rough go against the Eagles and they got smacked against the Bills, you know, who so when it's level of competition, they're struggling a little bit. But um, you know, could be worse. And from a fantasy football perspective, you're still happy, right? You got there with both receivers. Most are the one that scored the rushing touchdown. So you're happy with their production. From the from production to absolute lack thereof. In New York, the New York Jets went head to New York Giants, same stadium. To win in overtime, 13-10, to 10, setting football back in this one. The New York Giants, quote-unquote, passed for seven yards 
on 14 attempts, and this game went to overtime. I don't know who should be more embarrassed, the Jets or the Giants in this one. I thought I stumbled onto a Thursday night football game. <laughs> it was painful. I mean, Brees Hall got there with a receiving touchdown. Barkley had, I think, like 36 carries on the game because some someone named uh, Tommy DeVito was their third-string quarterback after Tyrod got knocked out. I mean, that it doesn't – no, no. It's, you got to do better. If you can't trust your even third-string quarterback to drop back and pass the ball, he should not be your third-string quarterback. Would also, you say you can't expand in the NFL? <laughs> Every time someone goes down and you see who's next man up, and you know you talk about like expansion, going like you know putting <laughs> yeah. teams overseas for that. No, there's not 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. We can't have anything more. There's, there's just not the quality of football would be even worse. I I would actually <laughs> because of who was quarterbacking the Giants and and the Jets. I would arguably. Put the Raiders' performance Monday night as a <laughs> shittier offensive showing than both of those teams because you have no expectations of Zach Wilson and 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 Devito, whereas a Jimmy G led uh, Raiders team in a dome against Detroit, you actually go into that game thinking there may be I don't know more than any more than. Uh, what the fuck did he complete? Six passes or some ridiculous nonsense? Oh God, was that a bad? That was I mean, the worst. Totally painful. I, I agree with you, one hundred percent. We'll get to that Monday night debacle, but I mean, an overtime game where you have seven passing yards is it's, it's, that's, that was really hard to trump. Um, ooh, Tennessee Titans host. For half the game, Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons and the Titans win 28 to 23. The Mayo man came out slinging it. Will Levis completed 66% of his passes for 238 yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions. For context, Ryan Tannehill had two touchdowns and six interceptions on 158 pass attempts on the season. Changing of the guard. Welcome, Will Levis. All the haters can suck it. I'm putting Mayo in my coffee later today. I'm on board. Full Will Levis. Full Will Levis, even if it seems like Mike Rabel does not like him. Yeah, I mean, he he's we were texting at some point during Sunday's games. Uh we we you know, he's a guy that if you've had a good team the last couple of years and he fell in these you know late first round areas where he was falling. It's super flex. You have no choice. You have to pull the trigger. So you throw him on your roster and you hope he doesn't turn into the the two previous guys that were in this situation, which were Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. Game game one, very promising. Uh, the, the only unfortunate thing is I believe I saw the only other quarterback to throw four touchdowns in their first NFL start is Marcus Mariota. So let's hope he bucks that trend. Ouch. I don't like when stats don't agree with my, my yeah. personal opinion. His <laughs> fantasy comps are Mariota, Daniel Jones, and Zach Wilson. Yikes. All right. Well, it's only, only one way to go from there. All right. Up, baby. Yep. All right. So, speaking of up, your Seattle Seahawks went to 5-2 and two as they defeated 
the as they hosted and defeated the Cleveland, the PJ Walker led Cleveland Browns 24 to 20. DK Metcalf saw 14 targets. That is a 38% target share in his return to action, but somehow produced the fewest fantasy points of the wide receiver trio at 11.7, while Tyler Lockett produced 22.1 and JSN produced 12.6. Combined had one fewer target than DK Metcalf. They force fed the shit out of Metcalf and he did not produce. I mean, it's Gino. It's Gino, baby. I know what it is. That guy yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, it's been rough. It's been rough with Gino this year. I mean, he's still available if you want him. Um, in uh, wannabes, or maybe not, because yeah. I just lost Kirk Cousins. So now, you, now you can't have him. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously stuck with him, but yeah, Gino has uh, on this fair Halloween turned back into a pumpkin. Like we both know that he was going to, but good for him for securing the back. All right. The Baltimore Ravens went to Arizona to beat up, I guess, on the Cardinals. They won 31 to 24 to go to six and two in a year while the Cardinals fell to one and seven. The Gus bus was rolling on Sunday. Gus Edwards accounted for three of the four Ravens touchdowns, which ultimately led to Lamar Jackson posting a QB 27 performance on the week. They were rumored to be uh, who were they looking at at running back? Somebody was supposed to possibly be coming over there. Um but it, it didn't happen. And then you have this game out of Gus Edwards and you go, Well, maybe they don't need to adjust the position. But we've been big Gus Edwards guys for a while. So we, we thought this was definitely in the range of outcomes when he was healthy and getting a decent workload. Yeah, I mean he's he works, right? I mean, I'm I'm not crazy about it because I have Lamar Jackson a staggering number of places, and for a game where the Ravens put up 31 points from Lamar Jackson, I have nothing to do with it. Um, doesn't yeah. make me happy, but the Ravens are going to be they're a run first team. That's not going to change um, unless they're forced out of that um, script. So, good luck. I was told the Munkin led offense was going to be pass centric, sir. I was told the same. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, Odell was told the same, too, because he hasn't done shit this year, and he was throwing a temper tantrum on the sidelines. Oh, I missed it. He threw another temper oh, tantrum. Huge purple-headed temper tantrum from Odell. A fucking asshole. Uh, in this game, yeah. So, what a great way to spend, what, $15 million on a guy that is doing nothing to impact the outcome of the game. So, uh, tis what it is. All right, on to a shocker. The Kansas City Chiefs headed two mile high to be defeated by the Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos. 24-9. The Chiefs didn't even score a touchdown in this game. Sound the alarm. The Broncos have won two straight games, and Russell Wilson is QB 11 on the season. QB 1, Russell Wilson. Broncos win streak. What's the, not, not what I expected from this one. I thought the Chiefs were going to just eviscerate them. And this was going to be a huge Isaiah Pacheco game. I was told this is going to be a huge Isaiah Pacheco game. It was a huge no one game for no. the Chiefs. No one. And Patrick Patrick Mahomes was under the weather. He needed to he need to get some some IV fluids. He needed some <laughs> fluids in his body before some this one. Ch- some chicken noodle soupies. Yeah. Give me a break. All right. He had, uh, to work. He, had to, he had to go to work sick. Okay. 
Fucking assholes. Yeah, right. Do your job. Channel my inner Bill Belichick there. All right, on to a game. I said it, John. I said it. Check the tapes last week. The Cincinnati Bengals headed west to San Francisco to beat up on the now five and three San Francisco 49ers, 31 to 17. San Francisco, we have a problem. Your boy, San Fran, not yours, John. San Fran's boy, Brock Purdy, has averaged 254 yards, one touchdown, and 1.67 interceptions per game during their three-game losing streak going into the bye. He should never have played this past week, in my opinion. How he cleared the concussion protocol from the week prior is beyond me. But I watched this game. He was not himself, and then he took a shot in the game, and it was clear he should have been yanked. Dude grabbed his helmet, bounced his head off the ground, grabbed his helmet, <laughs> threw an interception, I think, on the next play. Like I it, didn't see it, but I saw people oh, talking about oh, 100%, it. Oh, 100%. 100% it happened. I mean, well, first know, interception on back-to-back passes. One, he threw to a guy directly in front of him, one foot away from him, during the game. He was not right. He should not have played in this game. Uh, I feel like Shanahan was putting the cart before the horse on this one and looking to snatch a win before the bye week. They should have rode Darnold and fixed this. It was it was not pretty. But meanwhile, Joe Barrow has the Bengals on a three-game win streak and has eight touchdowns, only two interceptions during that span. We are getting vintage Joe Cool. He is back running and gunning, and he has this Cincinnati Bengals team, you know, in full throat going into uh, you know, this the back end of the fantasy football regular season, and more importantly for the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, obviously playoff push. Yeah, we've seen a couple teams do this where they shouldn't be playing someone, but they're in a spot where they really want to snatch a win, and then it seems like they end up, instead of just eating the, the one loss, it seems like it creates a bigger problem for them. And, and, and in San Francisco's case, I mean, they, they wanted Darnold in there. Darnold's a Shanahan guy. So if you went through all this trouble to, to bring that guy in to be your backup, um, knowing that you were going to get rid of Trey Lance, isn't this precisely where you're bringing him? What you're bringing him in for, and then to not use him, I, I think, I think more than anything speaks volumes about their actual belief in Darnold's ability from what they're seeing in practice. That guy's must be hot fucking trash in, in their weekly practices. Yeah, I mean, they just felt as though you know one. They were playing a tough uh, Bengals team, so I, I get that. But listen, as an un- impartial third party, I was shocked he cleared the pro- protocol so quickly. Um, and then seeing him on the field, he, he didn't look right before getting smacked around by the Bengals defense. And then he clearly took a shot that he should have been evaluated again, and he was not. Like, not good. Um, to, to further to, to your point, then Mahomes, uh, you got to play with a headache. Suck it up, get out there. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, headaches can take you out of a game, John. You know that, right? You Don't care. Be John Robinson. Oh, jeez. All right, all right, all right. On the Sunday night football, we're going to rip through these last two real quick because there wasn't a lot to talk about. The Chargers hosted the Chicago Bears and beat them thirty to thirteen. Quentin Johnson saw the most targets, six receptions, five and yards, fifty of his young career. Mike Williams is fully out of the way. Josh Palmer was limited with a knee injury, even left the game for a little bit as he, early as he landed on his knee. They were looking to get Quentin Johnston involved. 
I'm not a crazy Quentin Johnston supporter, but there's some people that believe this dude is absolute trash. They're getting him involved in this offense. He will likely be the wide receiver too in short order in this offense and does offer a lot of upside given his athletic ability and size. So good to see Quentin Johnson get involved in this game. And then lastly, Monday Night Football, you mentioned it. The Raiders just totally tapping out on this one. They went to Detroit Rock City and lost to the Detroit Lions 26-14. to 14, But I'm not going to talk about them Raiders. I'm going to talk about Jamir Gibbs. This boy is the PPR running back four over the last three weeks. But he's only played two games during that time. 37 carries, 220 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. 15 targets, 14 receptions, another 95 yards receiving. Yes, you heard me right. He has played two games the last three weeks, and he is still the running back four during that span. Dude is legit. It's going to be super interesting to see what they do with him and David Montgomery when he returns because uh, Craig Reynolds still saw a decent amount of carries in the game, and you know they want to run it, but you can't put Jameer Gibbs back in the box when David Montgomery returns. Gibbs has been awesome these last two weeks. They will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they will. Yeah. Okay. I know it's coming. We've seen it. We've seen it a million times. We've seen it from from this coaching staff. Yeah. You're you're probably right. I just don't want to believe it. Jameer Gibbs is awesome. Um, I just (laughs) knew it was a matter of time with him. And he's been everything and more these last couple weeks. Um, Now they have a bye, and I assume Montgomery will be back coming out of the bye. So we'll, we'll see what happens in a few weeks. But that is the one key stat segment. Hit me with some... Snaps, targets, trends. Try to rip rip through these real quick here. So a week ago, we were talking about Chris Rodriguez getting more involved with the Washington Commanders offense. So, of course, this week, nothing, nada, no snaps. Not part of the game plan. (laughs) Get out of here. Uh, Tough matchup for their running game. But still, I mean, not not even a sniff. Uh, Curtis Samuel a little banged up this week. Jamison Crowder kind of emerges to third. I think Samuel picked up an additional injury to whatever he was dealing with before. So if he misses any time, Crowder seems to be emerging from, I I would say from the dead, but he's still shockingly young. I don't have it in front of me, but I think somehow (laughs) he's still only, I think he's only like 26 and he's been in the league for 18 years. Um, Tennessee, Will Levis. Uh, We were told going into this game, it would be uh, splitting snaps between Malik Willis and Will Levis. Uh, If by splitting snaps, you mean a 97 to 3% split. That is exactly what happened. Traylon Burks, uh, 51% snap share, only uh, two targets on 29 pass attempts. So Burks was back. Levis didn't even look his way. It might take an offseason for Burks to, to become anything fantasy viable. Kind of sucks. People were a big fan of him coming out. But Levis, smartly, is going to just feverishly pepper DeAndre Hopkins down the stretch, assuming he gets back in there. So, Burks is done for all intents and purposes. Tampa Bay, uh, Chase Edmonds back from uh, injured reserve. Saw eight snaps. Keyshawn Vaughn, only four. It's going to be interesting to see the next couple weeks. I mean, obviously, when these guys come back from IR, usually they take a few games to get their legs under them. But Edmonds is probably going to be the two, which they've had a hard time filling behind uh, White so far this year. They kind of went to Tucker. Then they went back to Vaughn. Now it looks like it's going to be Edmonds down the stretch. I mean, they brought him in just for this purpose. Seattle Seahawks, little interesting here. Didn't see anything about an injury. 
Zach Charbonnet outsnapped Kenneth Walker. He only got five uh, carries for 53 to Walker's eight for 66. Charbonnet saw two targets, caught them both for 11 yards. Walker uh, caught one of his two targets for only four yards. Is this the official changing of the guard? I don't know. It is one game, but it's worth keeping your eye on. Could could be a sell high for Walker in Dynasty Leagues. The New York Giants, it's a shame this offense sucks so bad. Wondell Robinson, 80% snap share. It was his highest of all year. I'm sorry, the Giants wide receiver highest of the entire year for a wide receiver not named Darius Slayton. So he didn't come off the field. Uh, relatively speaking, I mean, obviously 20% of snaps, he wasn't there. But, yeah, no one else has even cracked 80% the whole year except for Slayton, who's been their clear number one. So Robinson kind of emerging. If this offense j- could look anything competent, Wandale Robinson is a grab and, and probably a cheap acquisition in Dynasty Leagues. New England Patriots. <clears throat> Can't have nice things. Kendrick Board, torn ACL out for the year. Demario Douglas, 77% snap share, uh, led the team number one with targets, number one with receptions this week. Last week, he was second in targets, second in yards, and that was with Kendrick Bourne in there. I think it's going to be – they have no reason not to kick the tires on him. The rest of this receiving course sucks. They hate Juju. Uh, what's his name from Louisville, whose name is escaping me, has not been that – Parker, Demonte Parker has not been very good. So I think – it's more or less a lost season for New England. You might as well kick the wheels on Douglas, and he seems like a Patriots guy. Uh, of course, if they fire Belichick, who knows what that means. Um, all right, moving to Miami. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, equal snap share to Salvin Ahmed. Prior to this week, they, the coaching staff had talked about wanting to get him more involved. Depends on the game flow, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks, not what we're hoping to see. And then by the time they do get him involved – a-Chain's probably coming back from IR, so I'm not sure if you could trust Wilson at all. I know people picked them up or activated them and were a little excited, but have not seen the results. You already mentioned them. These these different kind of game flows they've had, a little rush, a little pass heavy. Might just have been game script dependent, but not good indicators so far for Jeff Wilson. Oh, boy, the awful Las Vegas Raiders. Hunter <laughs> Renfro, four targets, caught two of them. <laughs> Had him seven targets, pulled in one. And in, in a shitty game where they were losing, Jacoby Myers, one target, one reception. Whether it's just shit, <clears throat> scheme, coordinators, quarterback play, something is broken. I mean, the fact that Renfro caught more passes, <laughs> caught as many passes as Adams and Myers combined is just gross. I, I didn't watch the game. I was watching the World Series, so I don't know if – Detroit's corners were just so amazing that they shut down Adams and Myers, but just bad planning. I mean, you watch what Pittsburgh does, and you just fire the ball at your top two receivers and make them make plays. Tends to work for teams, so just gross. The Raiders suck. We we mentioned it for a couple weeks in a row here, going to Kansas City. Rashi Rice was finally the number one in snaps. 61% this week. Veldez Scantling, 57. Sky Moore, 54 is he their number one receiver? No, not quite yet. But if he keeps getting the snaps and he leads the way down the stretch, I think he can be a league winner when the fantasy playoffs hit. So definitely worth keeping your eye on there. Uh, Indianapolis, since Jonathan Taylor came back, 15% snaps, 42, 50, and 61. Up, up, up every week. 
Um, well, Moss went from 80 to 50 to 50 to 39. So they're kind of trending the way we had anticipated. Thomas is uh, Taylor. I'm sorry. He's taking over here and he rightfully should. He's way better than Moss, even though Moss was very effective when he has been on the field. Denver, Brandon Johnson, all it took to get Marvin Mims on the field. Was it Brandon Johnson injury <laughs> injured reserve stint? Mims has highest, highest snap percentage of the year at 39%. So, you know, trade deadline is today. Who knows what's going to happen uh, after we finish recording here, but Sutton and Judy have been rumored all year, all off season is trade um, pieces. They could get rid of one of them and, and that opens the door for Mims. So wheels up for that guy, especially in wide, three wide receiver sets or two, if they make a trade, the Chicago bears, another giant disappointment. Uh, Roshan Johnson came back from injury, 36% snap share. Uh, De- Devonta Foreman, third, Deonta Foreman, 32%, and Darrington Evans, 27%. So Johnson comes out of the box from his injury, leads Snapshare out of the backfield, turned into six carries for 21 yards, three receptions on four targets for 10, if I'm not mistaken. My handwriting is garbage. So total of nine touches, 34 yards. My math doesn't add up, so I can't read my handwriting. That's right. Not not the best in in what was an okay matchup for him. but this Bears offense is just abysmal to all the pieces are there. Carolina, you mentioned it earlier. Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders. Chuba, 67% to Miles, 18. It is his backfield now until further notice. We talk about stashing, you know, me and you love tight ends and all this. Carolina, Tommy Tremble, 54%. Hayden Hurst, 33%. So coming off the bye. Tommy Tremble was involved. He got in the end zone. I think he only caught two balls for four yards, but one was a touchdown. Um, and that was Tremble's highest snap share and Hurst's lowest on the year. And I was doing some research. Frank Wright came out and said, they, they asked him if that was by design, if it was the new offensive coordinator, what was going on here. And he said, this team is a meritocracy, <laughs> which basically means he thinks Hayden Hurst sucks and Tommy Tremble has done enough in practice. So that's a great stash. Uh, you know, we, we, I liked him coming out tight ends, take a couple of years to develop. This might be what he needs for the rest of the season, but he's a definite waiver wire priority for me. I, I like the uh, opportunity for him in an offense with a rookie quarterback and the last and certainly least I didn't want to bring it up last week. I don't want to bring it up this week, but here we are fucking Van Jefferson after three weeks led the Atlanta Falcons and snaps at wide receiver. Drake London did have a little tweak of his groin in the game, but Van Jefferson, 71% snap share. If London's banged up and does miss a game, their wide receiver one is Van Jefferson for a week or two. So wrap your brain around that. And and if Heineke's getting in there over Desmond Ritter, I don't hate it for a couple weeks here. So keep your eye on that quarterback situation. And uh, that concludes with a whimper on Van Jefferson two weeks in a row. Anytime you can talk about Van Jefferson. I don't want to, but they're making me. They're fucking making me. What did Van Jefferson do with with all that? Nothing. Oh, he had a horrific drop. Did you see that? I mean, he caught three or five for 24 yards. He closed the game with a horrific drop that would have, uh, I think, got him a first down for. uh, I mean, meanwhile, Cordero Hodge caught all three of his for 75 yards, probably on like seven snaps so it's a it's a nightmare 
Look, when you can get Cordero Hodge involved over Drake London and Kyle Pitts, you do. And Bijan Robinson, how the fuck do you not feed Cordero Hodge? I didn't know this place actually. Errol Hodge is from D Lo, Mississippi, and that's D apostrophe L O. That's that's a place in Mississippi. I can't. It's from Delo. It's from Delo. (laughs) No, no, that's true. I'm googling. Absolute fact. Look it up. Um, yeah. Oh uh, Jesus Christ! That happened. Yep. Look at this. This can't be real. It's it real is place. real. It's a. It's a place. Only in Mississippi, John. That's the only place that. that Four hundred fifty-two people live there. That's amazing. Yep. He made it out. Good for for Kadero Hodge, who is who's cut out a pretty good career in, in the NFL. He's been in for several years. At this point in time, so peak, I mean, peak population 1920, they had 646 people there. It's been all downhill since then, yes. And uh, he is in his fourth season. I thought he was in for more, but man, his fourth season out of Prairie View is where he went to college. So good, good on you, Daryl Hodge. It's Delo, Delo, it's Delo. Where you at? I'm in Delo. I don't need this, not in the high. Bouncing around my brain. All right. Ready? Geography time. Can't do it. The town was featured in Life magazine for sending more men per capita to serve in World War II than any other town of its size. 38% of the men from D-Lo served in World War II. So thank you for your service. It's probably like 30 people. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I just gave you the the all-time high was 600. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, dude, dude. I don't know what it was during World War II times, you know. So I just threw out a number there, but hey, much appreciated, Delo. All right, and you gave us Kadero Hodge. So two things. Some of these other shitty cities. Two, two giant W's. I don't have a bad thing to say about there. No, buy- no, might have to, might have to check it out someday. All right, off of that, on to breakouts, busts, and buys. I'm gonna be a little quicker in mine this week because breakouts. I'm just going this week's breakouts. I already talked about Will Levis. He was QB six on the week. That is a breakout, even not just a rookie breakout. That is just a breakout with no teams on the bye to post a quarterback six performance. Good on you, Will Levis, is only 29 pass attempts. Gus Edwards, back-to-back breakouts. He just re-broke out week two. Now, he was RB3 with three touchdowns in PPR. Doesn't even catch passes still. He's just a touchdown machine. He handled 83% of the running back carries this past week. Rashid Shahid. Saw three targets, caught three passes, 153 yards and a touchdown. He was wide receiver eight in PPR this week. He's averaging 20.8 yards per reception on the season. He is the deep threat that everyone wants Chris Alave to be in this offense. And then lastly, been talking about him, Trey McBride, tight end one on the week. Zach Ertz gets IR'd. McBride fully elevated, saw 14 targets against a tough Ravens secondary, turned them into 10 catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown for TE1 Trey McBride. Yeah, a bad matchup this week, but you, you called it last Doesn't week. No, no reason it won't continue. Yeah. So, Sorry. weekly sleepers and f- that was it for you, right? Yeah. Weekly sleepers and fades for me. Sleepers. I'll just kind of fire through these again, too. Zach Wilson against the Chargers. Mac Jones versus the Washington Commanders, who just <laughs> traded Montez Sweat. So, they're. Uh, Pass rush just got worse. And Jordan Love versus the L.A. Rams. 
could could do a lot worse than firing those guys up with a good matchup this week. Going to running backs, Kareem Hunt versus Arizona. I love this week, even if Jerome Ford is healthy. I think Hunt's done enough to get a little piece of that timeshare. And since he's been performing, no reason to rush uh, Ford back on the field. And we mentioned him a couple times already. Chuba Hubbard versus Indy, who's trash against the run. Wide receivers, there are better options on all of these teams, but I kind of went digging a little bit. Brandon Cooks against the Philly secondary. Jaden Reed against the Rams. Uh, a stack with Jordan Love, who I've said a couple times the last few weeks, and it has not paid off. This Packers stack sucks. His offense is horrific. I mentioned my boy Van Jefferson. If he's going to be the wide receiver one, why not against that trash Minnesota secondary? And we talked about Odell Beckham whining. Seattle secondary, not the best. Maybe Squeak a Wheel gets the grease in this week. Why not him? And going to tight ends. Not really a sleeper in the traditional sense, but on the, the heels of that McBride breakout, give me Dalton N1. I definitely squeeze him in your lineups in DFS, but I, I think he's in an awesome matchup since he's been horrific against tight ends. Uh, other guys, Musgrave, so I'm going with more Packers offense, which I haven't learned my lesson. I mentioned Tommy Tremble. Indy's been bad against tight ends. Our guy, Kate Otten, who we say Seems like we say his name <laughs> once a week. Got to squeeze him in here. But Houston's good matchup. And Tyler Conklin. Chargers have not been good against tight ends. Fades. Mentioned this guy earlier. Geno Smith against Baltimore. No thank you. Uh, other than that, no real fades at the position. But Joe Burrow, tough matchup. Two, a tough matchup. Jalen Hurts, tough matchup. I, I just would not expect these guys to put up their usual monster performances this week. They got a little tougher road than usual running back. We talked about Pollard at, at the top of the show sucking. Hey, congrats for your sucking. You get Philly's run defense. No, thank you this week. Atlanta, despite sucking on offense has actually been pretty good defensively this year. I don't like Madison or acres against them, especially no God knows what they're going to be hauling out there. A quarterback this week, Atlanta's defense is going to stop the run and make whatever quarterback they bring in, beat them. So, no thanks to Madison or Akers. Uh, Bears, I talked about uh, Roshan being in there, Foreman, you know, coming off of a big game a week ago, doing nothing. Doesn't matter. Saints have a very good run defense. I don't want any part of the Bears running backs, especially if uh, Bajan's out there again, because similar to the Minnesota situation, the Saints are going to stop the run, not Bajan. And walk, this is going to hurt me. Aaron Jones. Rams run defense has been good enough. Aaron Jones has showed nothing after that week one pop, uh, whether it's injury or just a dog shit offense. I'm not sure, but until we see it, can't trust him out there. It sucks. Uh, I'll skip ahead to tight ends real quick. Talk about McBride's big game last week. Now he gets t Cleveland, who has been good against tight ends. I, I know Arizona has just been peppering the tight end and will try to do so, but I think Cleveland shuts him down. And in that same game, Arizona has been good against tight ends also. Don't like Njoku this week. All right. Wide receiver. No clear, obvious fades, but similar to the top guys I talked about at quarterback. Lots of the top wide receivers have really bad matchups. Uh, leading the way, Keenan Allen. I know he plays a lot out of the slot. I don't know if Sauce Gardner follows wide receivers to the slot or not. If he does, I don't like Keenan Allen. Other guys with bad matchups. A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Tyreek Hill, all with not ideal matchups, but it is a Tyreek Hill revenge game. You cannot bench any of those guys, 
But just keep in mind, if you're making lineup decisions, might have to swing for some more upside guys if you're plugging them in because there is a chance they all disappoint in week nine. And that's what I got for sleepers and fates. Keenan Allen's going to eat against the Jets. Don't you worry. And Sauce Gardner hasn't been that good this year either. But I, I get what you're going The Jets' pass defense has been good. I mean, whether it's Sauce shutting them down or just a whole schematic Jets thing, I don't, I'm not Overall, I mean, they're, they're generating pressure. You know, they have yeah. fast linebackers in Mosley and Quincy Williams. And, yeah, you know, the back end. Yeah. If Sauce follows Allen and he's blanketed, you mentioned him earlier, Johnson could fucking pop. Yeah, yeah, they're getting Could. Involved. Could. Could, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> make, make sure you, everyone heard could pop. All right. I, I, I've been doing busts on the year, but they're just getting redundant at this point. Like the shitty guys suck, um, you know, so you have to. You have, shitty have to, guys stay shitty. Yeah, so we, so we have to move off them a little bit, right? So I'm going to go, you know, I already took one shot. I'm going to circle back around. Patrick Mahomes was QB 29 on the week. He was outscored by Taylor Heineke who didn't even start the game. That's just something, a statement that should never, ever be possible to be made. Like half a game. Yeah. Okay. And outscored him. Mahomes was dog shit. Um, Tony Pollard running back 42 in a game where the giant, where the Cowboys scored at will Pollard continues to disappoint and is now down to PPR running back 16 on the season. It's a, it's, it's hard, it's painful to watch. Even though I hate Dallas. I love Tony Pollard. Cooper cup wide receiver 74 this past week. I mentioned it earlier. Cooper Cup's last two weeks, he's seen 17 targets. Not a huge issue with that. I mean, almost nine per game. Six receptions, 50 yards, no touchdowns. The last two weeks, it's been tough. Yeah, it hasn't been great for Puka either, but Cooper Cup has been unstartable yeah, for the last two weeks. And then lastly, Jonu Smith, tight end 38. Ritter gets benched and Jonu gets nerfed. He saw one target, caught it for 13 yards on the week. So everything changes when you actually get a quarterback that's willing to throw the ball downfield to wide receivers. Largely named Kadero Hodge and uh, Van Jefferson, apparently, but definitely not Johnny Smith this past week as far as bus. From bus on to my buys. Last week, I would like to note that I said Will Levis, Pierre Strong, Traylon Burks, and Trey McBride were all buys. Levis and McBride exploded. Pierre Strong was involved, and I still burned the candle for Traylon Burks. I do not have a quarterback for this week, but I do think you should go out and get Leonard Fournette. If he's on your waiver wire, because he's going to a high-powered offense that wants to likely give him the Latavius Murray work. Jaden Reed, it's been atrocious in Green Bay, but he has been consistent. And then lastly, Donald Parham at tight end. Four touchdowns on the season on only 13 receptions. Yeah. I don't know if it's (laughs) just entirely based on Gerald Everett or not, but they were scheming for him, especially on the, his touchdown catch this past week. So we might be seeing a little bit more from the six foot eight Stetson product. Donald. I think think Everett got hurt this week. I don't think he he, he was out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everett didn't play. That's what I'm saying. So he had his most targets yards of the season, but he also had a two touchdown week earlier in the year where he just caught two red zone touchdowns. So they're using his size in the red zone regardless, but they clearly were scheming for him um, this week, in my opinion. I, saw, I think he saw his most targets and receptions and yards uh, on the season um, against the Bears. You know, when, when these guys go to the combine, we tend to find out people are a lot shorter than they say. There's no fucking way Donald Parham isn't the tallest guy in the NFL. Whenever I see him, he's he looks to be... Seven feet tall. I know that's not true. I know whatever. And I I didn't even look it up because I don't care because I don't believe whatever number they put out there. 
he, I mean, because Everett's a giant guy. Parham is like seven inches taller than him. He looks to be the tallest guy on the football field every time he's on the screen. I don't uh, understand. Yes. I mean, he, I think he was also a basketball prospect. Yes. He is listed at six foot eight, 237. Oh, shit. He is every inch, he's every inch of six foot eight. I mean, that's like Jordan Mailata, like the massive left tackle for the Eagles height. Yes. There are a few six foot eight players. Uh, there is a cause for being too big in the NFL, but yes, he is head and shoulders above it's, the rest. Yeah, it's like staggering. Because I mean, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll watch red zone. So anytime he gets a score down there, it's been what you just said four so far. He's well, I mean, like he's shockingly taller. It's it's there's yeah, no way he's six eight. eight. There's Plus no way wingspan is he is always open. Like literally, he he doesn't need separation to have a clear throwing window all the time, regardless of where he's at. But yeah, I mean, seeing Donald Parham next to like any NFL player is like that uh, Derrick Henry and uh, Dion uh, Lewis picture, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not not to bring baseball into this before we get out of here. Have you ever seen Mike Judge stand next to uh, Altuve from the Astros? You mean Aaron Judge? What did I say? Mike Judge? The, you the beat was a butthead guy? Yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> Good. Idiocracy. <laughs> we're, we're living it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. It's They don't yeah. even look like the same species. They're, they're yeah. not. Definitely shouldn't be able to play the same sport. I and at the same level. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about strike zones, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, don't yeah. move the square. All right. Good luck. But yes, he is a he is a beast. So he would be on my short buy list in this uh, tight end wasteland if you <laughs> didn't get yourself some Trey Trey uh, Trey McBride last week. Tommy Tremble, uh, just the guy that I'm going to throw out there. And and you know you mentioned Fournette. Who knows what people are going to spend? And I'm not wishing ill on the guy. If something happens, to, let's say James Cook got hurt and they signed Fournette. Fournette's a 100% fab guy. So keep that in mind what you're the upside you're buying this week. I mean, Cook will hopefully and likely stay healthy, but that guy's a Fournette can't we he's been a league winner before down the playoff stretch. So yeah, I mean, I usually I typically come out of the gate firing fab um on these backups that get opportunity. It it did not work this year in Joshua Kelly. Um, but if you have cash left at this midpoint, I think a heavy bet on Leonard Fournette is well warranted because yes, he's going to see work regardless. They, they're not bringing him in. He's not going there if he doesn't have a role. And it's clear that Latavius Murray is finally showing his age. And then to your point, if in the off chance, James Cook gets injured. Whew, holy moly. Yeah. This dude's an RB one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here because we are going to have a bonus episode this week. So keep your ears peeled for that. So for myself, John DeBarry, my co-host Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we all out of here. It's going to be a 30-minute project then for me, at least minimum.
Not the outcome you want. <laughs> you dressing up for Halloween? Kids dressing up? Going uh, what I go every year. Carson Wentz. <laughs> mm. Given your geographic location, that's a good one. Yes, uh, I've been told I resemble him countless times. I've had drunks at bars harass me, not believing really? I'm not him. Really? Oh, I, never, I never told you a story? You never t- I, I, I mean, I know that you have been... Uh, <laughs> I, I have a vague recollection of people just thinking right. you were him. I, I do not I'm, remember. <laughs> I'm in a dive bar in Northeast Philly before a fantasy football draft. There's like 10 of us there. We always went to this one local bar to drink before we actually went to another bar where we were doing the draft. Right? Uh-huh. So this is like not even lunchtime, right? It's like, oh, it's early. It's early. (laughs) There's like five other people other than us in this bar, right? So we're just having drinks, bullshitting. We're all together in a group. And then like the other guys, it's like spread out. It's all guys, just like old guys, random. So there's a guy directly across the bar from us. I go to the bathroom, take a piss. I come back and he's staring at me. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm just like looking at him and he was like you're him and i was like excuse me he's like you're him and i was like who he goes you're him i was like i, I don't know what you're talking about and he was like don't fucking lie what, to me what's funny is that's what carson wentz would say right but yeah clearly right you know the god-fearing <laughs> christian man you're not right? doing him <laughs> and he goes don't you fucking lie to me and i'm like uh, excuse me and he was like, you're Carson Wentz. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, kind of gives me like the side eye go. Are you back with your friends now? This yeah, isn't I'm my group of friends. Oh, so your friends have to be loving this, right? They put him up to it. Oh, okay. And that was even, the, even the culminating this, story. Is this, he asked them and they were like, oh, yeah, that's him. Oh. Uh, so I look at him, I go, dude, I'm like six inches and $60 million short of being Carson Wentz. And I would never be in this shithole if I was. He didn't believe me. The guy was eyeballing me the whole time until we left. Like, just give me this, like, you're fucking lying to me face. Oh. For like another 20 minutes until we finally left. I was like, you guys are assholes. <laughs> I was like, that guy just really did not believe that I wasn't him. I was like, whatever. Yeah, so I've gotten it countless times. I have a picture of me and Carson Wentz at Eagles training camp. I'm holding my son. He's like less than a year at the time. He's like looking up at him like with this like dead. He's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Is it, listen, any uh, any uh, redheaded bearded person with pale skin, I guess. Yeah, we, we, we all look alike at the end of the day. So I just my, – Cross the bear. As a person who is a shitbag with multiple uh, shitbag friends, th- I mean, that is just peak buddy performance by your friends. I love, dude, that's the best part of the story. That is oh, not even do with the story. Like, yeah, it like, makes me so happy to know that they were like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. him. It yeah. absolutely yeah. Is. Listen, I would have done the same exact thing, oh, right? It's, if, it's if a anyone else walked away and some guy random. Is that something? Oh, oh yeah. Yep. It, I can't tell you. Good eyes, oh, sir. Wow. Good eyes. That's definitely him. 
Don't let them tell yeah. you otherwise. How that <laughs> pleases me to the fucking core. That's a great story. Yeah. I just, and that, like I said, for me, <laughs> just knowing the shit that I've seen people I know do to each other. I mean, this guy would yeah. not take no for an answer. Like he was dead set. And this was like, I forget what it was like. I think they were probably in like training camp. There was there was no logical reason why he would ever be there. Like it would be like impossible <laughs> for him to be there, I believe, at the time. But this guy, nope. It had been decided. He thought so. He received confirmation from my friends. And then nothing I said thereafter was going to sway him. So uh, leaving the bar, I'm still confident he believed that I was Carson Wentz. Probably still tells this story to this day. He does. Carson Wentz lied to me. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he probably hates Carson Wentz's guts. That guy's not as nice as everyone (laughs) hates him out to me. (laughs) An asshole. He's a liar. Oh, that's fucking. That's a great story. Carson Wentz is a fucking liar, man. He's not coming back for one week before a bye. So now the, we're the Packers. Up. The Packers would like a word, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 